Welcome to the Choice Tracks, your ultimate playlist podcast. I'm Damon. I'm Brandon. I'm Taj. And I'm Dietrich. And we're coming here today in order to talk about music. Why? Because we like music. We love music. We, music is our lifestone, and um, we like to share our music with y'all. It's going to be the ultimate playlist that you can listen to in your car, you can listen to at work, and, well, some of it you can listen to at work. But for the most part, you're going to be able to enjoy all the music that we're talking about. Um, so basically, what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to give a little bit of an intro of ourselves, when, and the best way to do that is talking about our first album that we purchased and our best song that we like on the album. So your favorite song that you like on the album and the album, first album that you ever bought from an actual store. And um, David, did you want to start off with your album? Yeah, I think I will. Uh, after after thinking back on this and looking at the album that I picked, I was just like ashamed of myself. But, you know, it was the 90s. What are you going to do, right? Um, I picked uh, Vanilla Ice. His first album was the first album I bought on cassette, which is like, wow, uh, tapes. I don't think I, I think I have some tapes somewhere. I don't know. But uh, um, Vanilla Ice and Ice Ice Baby was, was uh, I think, the hit song of the time, which is like, I think, pretty controversial. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's exactly ripped off from um, from another song that we know, but uh yeah, it was, it, that was at the time that was, that was the thing to listen to. Um, I think it, so. This, it was a rip. It, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. But here's my, here's where, where I was going to come in with Vanilla Ice is. So I grew up listening to, uh, because my parents were like all 50s rock. And, you know, you had Elvis and you had, um, uh, Jerry Lewis, but you had Chuck Berry and, you know, Little Richard, you know, those guys were kind of authentic for some reason. Everybody thought them authentic, but then you had, you know, the Pat, uh, who is it? Pat, uh, what's his name? He was, he did like Elvis songs, but he didn't have the legitimacy behind it. And what's interesting is Vanilla Ice was kind of like that for rap. He was the first, like, unlegitimate rapper <laughs> to be famous. All oh, right. And, you know, the, the, <laughs> The the crazy thing is, what know, am I wrong on that? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't call him the first an illegitimate rapper. Well, I'll I'll just call him the first one that got busted. Put it that way. He <laughs> okay. got busted for uh, for trying to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so he I mean, grew I, up I in the hood. That. He was in the suburbs of Dallas, so it kind of made a difference. Right, so. exactly. Yeah, and, he, and and then he, you know, he was. Uh, born Texan. So that's, I mean, has nothing to do with my pick, but, uh, so I'm a native New Yorker, but, um, yeah. So his, this first album, uh, to the extreme is the name of the album. And I believe it was backed by SBK and EMI records. Mm-hmm. Uh, EMI, I, I don't think I've ever heard of SBK. I guess they're big. They're probably a thing. I'm, you know, I'm not an expert in music, but, uh, yeah, EMI records, uh, had picked them up and I believe the top songs on that were play that funky music and nice ice baby. So, uh, this is like his first album dude comes out with like shaved lines in his head. I, I tried doing a weird haircut at the time too. Everybody was trying to do, I think a lot of people in my school were trying to do the vanilla ice thing, but it was, uh, for about two weeks and then, <laughs> and then he was gone. But, uh, yeah, so that was like just that era, that time in the early nineties was, was kind of, uh, it was a weird time with like music transitioning from like the eighties to the nineties. And now you got the white rapper, you know, it's just, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was different, 
but you know, I was living in the middle of nowhere and you know, that was like the hottest thing. So, but, uh, I think, yeah, I think the interesting thing about Rob Van Winkle, Vanilla Ice, um, I've seen him on a couple different things. One of the things that I thought was really hilarious, uh, he made an appearance on a show called the 20, the MTV lane 25. I don't know if you ever, if y'all ever watched that. John Stewart hosted that one. Um, and, uh, I believe Dennis Leary was on it. Janine Garofalo, Chris Kattan. Uh, these are all like nineties, you know, stars here. Still stars, but you know, time. Right. Uh, yeah. So he shows up on the show and he's like, they're basically like ripping on his album. And so they, they're basically going to let him destroy his album <laughs> because at this point they're like, yeah, I think you tried, but, uh, you know, whatever. And so he, I guess you're supposed to like destroy your album somehow or like, I don't know, like talk about it. And then they like just like send it on its way. But he pulls out like a baseball bat, goes nuts on the set, destroys like everything on the set. <laughs> and uh, I think he like starts talking about his punk or, or his metal band. Um, so he had a uh, after he did this whole vanilla ice thing, he wanted to change his tune a little bit. And um, he started a, uh, a metal, a new metal band. I guess it's like the style. Um, this was in 1998 and, uh, I believe it's called hard to swallow. If I have that wrong, you know, I apologize, Rob, but, uh, that's a hell of an album name, by the way, or the band name, one or two <laughs> band name. I think that, I think the first album might've been called hard to swallow too, but I, I, I actually never listened to it, but, um, yeah. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, there's, there's more to it than just ice ice baby. I think it was a whole, it was a whole thing everybody was trying to dress like this guy dress dif- dress different do the hairstyle uh i don't know the music the music wasn't even like you know i don't think that it was my favorite album but it was just the cool thing to do but wow. yeah that was that was probably the most influential on me at the time you know because i'm trying to be different i'm like early teens you know and uh yeah <laughs> no i'm ashamed of myself i'm gonna go hide in the corner <laughs> Okay. Now, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. A little, a little background of hip hop background, just, uh, just to kind of tease in a little bit there. Um, there were actually a, a, a pretty good amount of, of white rappers, uh, before him. Um, he was the one that took off the most, but the one that was most, uh, influential in hip hop at the time was a group called Third Base. Uh, it was, uh, oh, okay. MC Search and Pete Nice, and they actually did a diss song. On Vanilla Ice called Pop Goes the Weasel. Oh, okay, <laughs> I know that. Yeah, uh, I do like that song. Yeah, so it was yeah, Pop Pop Goes the Weasel, the Weasel, and it's they're making fun of him in the video and and like putting him in a in a in a hallway and tying him up and like hitting him with baseball bats and all type of stuff. And so oh, that was wow, like the so crowning fun. achievement. Whenever somebody dishes you in hip hop, that's like an achievement. That's <laughs> that's a crown that you hang on your head. So, so- did the rest? Of, did everybody else go back and listen to the song when we knew what Damon's voice was going to be? Yeah, I did. <laughs> They're like, who the fuck is this guy choosing Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby? I I actually so on everybody's pick, I, I went and I listened to the album as well as the 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 track. So, but it was like that's where I was trying to get trying to understand. Like, I understand culturally where he is now today. I just don't understand. Was it that? I, I guess where I'm, I'm not clear on because it, you know i wasn't paying attention as a kid at that time it's like what made him what made him less, less legitimate than other rappers i mean was it that he 
all his songs seemed like he was acting coming out of the hood when he really wasn't? Or was it that he was just, I don't know, because he seemed to spit good. He seemed to have good rhyme, but I'm not sure if it was, there's something you can hear there that it's just not legitimate. And I don't so, know. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, I don't mean to interrupt anybody in this situation. Everybody can feel free to jump in. But um, in, in that time, especially during that time in the 90s, whatever you said, people took it to heart. Um, okay. They were kind of gullible because we didn't have the Internet as, as popular as it is now to go back and research and do all this other stuff. So it was gotcha. kind of like word of play, word of mouth, hearsay. So when he came out, everybody originally thought because he had on the Miami Hurricanes sweatshirt that he's from Miami. He's rolling in a in a in a drop top uh, Mustang 5.0, and everybody was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, he's from the streets. He's talking too hard. He's talking about having gun shootouts and and the whole nine. And then it took a little little journalist doing just a little bit of a background check and found out he grew up in like the nicer part of the suburbs in Dallas, <laughs> and his parents. <laughs> had money and he never lived in the hood type situation and and that just kind of like made his whole story fraudulent which is funny because a lot of rappers lifestyles are fraudulent um they just don't get called out on it at that point in time like his was like he literally got called out on it well i think and, i think with oh go ahead no nah, you go ahead well vanilla ice you know like uh, he was like obvious it was obvious he was like a commercial right like he's he was there to like make money he was it was a business for him he was like the poster boy for whatever. It looked cool at the time. I think it was like, it, it just, you could tell it wasn't really as sincere. And, you know, he's doing like, he, I, I think, I think he went to do like covers too, like his, his cover songs. Uh, so it was like, it was pretty clear probably to everybody but me that this guy was, you know, not really who he said he was. Right. But to me, it wasn't, I wasn't even going there with it. It was more of like, Oh, okay. This is a cool new style that I haven't seen before. What the hell is this guy doing with his hair? He's shaving lines in his head, like whatever, you know? And it just seems, it just seemed like, Oh, that's where I need to be. Uh, And then, and then like a year later, you're like looking back like, Oh, this guy sucked, you know? And everybody's like, Moving on to the next big thing, right? As far as rapper go, rappers go, I mean, obviously he's he's all over the place. He's he's into metal, he's into rap. You know, in 2010 he started his uh, his TV show where it was a reality show, um, the Vanilla Ice Project, where he's flipping houses. So like this guy's, you know, he's flipping houses, he's rapping, he's doing metal, like he's whatever. Uh, gotcha. Never lost his money that I thought was really cool. I mean, that's, but that's, 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 you know, to my point, I think he was all about the business and, uh, he was born on Halloween, by the way. So that's cool. That yeah, makes it cool. all cultural appropriation and, and funds. And I'm not mad at him for getting his money. Um, right. <laughs> I'm not mad at him for the cultural appropriation because not many people could pull out that shit head with the lines and, and the hairstyle <laughs> flipped up like that. You look like Johnny Bravo. <laughs> so. <laughs> It kind of worked out. I'm not mad at him. Um, Brandon, what, what was your first song? What was your first album? Well, uh, one more thing before I do that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I went back and re-listened to it, you know, which we all should be doing, hopefully. Anyway, uh, and my takeaway was this song's over four minutes long. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I cannot believe it. I thought that song would be under three minutes. It just kept going. I feel the same way I did about that song when I first heard it. Still oh. the biggest band. <laughs> anyway. Oh, man. Four minutes. Now you sound like the microwave popcorn <laughs> generation that's out here now. 
It's a great song to start with our, our playlist podcast. <laughs> All right. For sure. For sure. All right. So the uh, the album that I remember buying with my own money uh, was back in the 80s. And it had to have been probably the mid 80s when I purchased it. And it was the Ghostbusters original motion picture soundtrack. Um I am a movie fan, a movie buff, and I've always loved soundtracks to movies. And that was definitely the first cassette that I remember buying. I may have been given a cassette or two when I was, you know, young, but that was the one I remember buying with my own money. And um, Ghostbusters was definitely one of the first movies I ever saw at the movie theater as well. At least that's what my parents tell me. I was six years old when the movie came out, so I'm sure I saw other films, but they're convinced Ghostbusters was the first movie I ever saw. That's not true. Can't be true. But anyway, um, so I played this cassette religiously all the time, partly because I also didn't have very many cassettes. So, um, But I listened to it a lot. And my favorite track on the album is actually Ghostbusters, the main theme by Elmer Bernstein, not the actual song by Ray Parker. I do not want to hear that song ever again. I'm so tired of that song. As much as I love the movie and I love the album, I just don't want to hear the song anymore. Um, but my favorite, my favorite track was actually the instrumental music that was composed by Elmer Bernstein. And it really began, it, it really started a passion of mine where I'm, I love instrumental music and my love for movie scores really stemmed from that track on, on the Ghostbusters album. And uh, to this day, I buy movie soundtracks, movie scores all the time. I, I just I love it. I, I love instrumental music and I like I like every song on the album, you know, the ones with the lyrics. But there is that, that track, that, that instrumental I just kept coming back to as a kid. And I'm like, why do I love this? And, uh, you know, and to this day, it it's still it's still there. Um, even Mondo brought out the album, the full score on vinyl a couple years ago. And uh, it, it's just it, it's still just amazes me every time i hear it um and when i think of ghostbusters and i think of the and when i think about the movie one of the first things that ever comes to mind is just the the instrumental music not even not even the ray parker song i think of the instrumental theme to ghostbusters and and uh just all the all the uh emotions and the themes in this like three minute track that elmer bernstein uh you know orchestrated and if if you ever want to look into Elmer Bernstein, he was one of the greatest film composers of all time. Uh, this is a guy who got his start in the 50s and well, maybe in the late 40s, but definitely in the 50s. It's where he really took off. I mean, he did the, the music to the Ten Commandments. He did the music to Magnificent Seven, The Great Escape. The guy was nominated for 14 Oscars and he only won once. Um but he was he, he was working up and up until <laughs> 2004. So yeah. I mean, he was in his 80s, and he was still composing. Um, so that's my track. That's oh. my album, and that's my track. The Ghostbusters main theme by Elmer Bernstein. 
Now you're messing me up because I'm like, you just named off some great movies, some great soundtracks. And like, who else would have won those Oscars during that time frame for the situation? I'm like, now I want to go back and see. And I'm like, okay, that's a fraud. There's no way they paid for that. It has to be. It's yeah. probably John Williams. <laughs> he, he won, I think, in 1967. And it was for a film that I think surprised everyone because of all the of all the iconic themes that he's created. That's not the one. Those aren't the ones he won an Oscar for. Right. And uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, but I mean, the guy was prolific. I mean, he created, I mean, over at least over 200 scores to movies, maybe more than that. I don't know the exact number, but um, yeah, just incredible composer. And that's my favorite track. And uh, did you guys go go back and listen to the, the track? I did. Yeah. Yes. So, so I, I have a question, though. It, it's a great track. Don't get me wrong. I like it. But what I'm curious about is, like, do you think it was a track that was written without seeing the movie or a track that was written while watching the the video? Because it, I, I like the track, but it has a very much, like, Golden Age Hollywood theme to it. And it, it sounds very Hollywood. Like, it, it's interesting because, it, yes, Ghostbusters is a comedy, but it's kind of weird that it's like... It's kind of like it feels like a different type of comedy the the track from what the actual movie is, but maybe I'm wrong. So I mean, I, I think I, that's what sold it. it. It definitely has a classical sound to it, but okay. I I think it works for for the movie. I mean, the movie is not just a, a comedy. I mean, it's there. It, it it blends so many genres, and I and I think the music works well with it because the music, even in that three minutes, it goes to many different places. You know, right. you have kind of a quirkiness to it and then a romanticism to it, you know, and, right. and it's just like the movie itself. Right. But but I guess what I'm trying to say is that the, it doesn't have any scary. It, it kind of has like an Abbott and Costello like scary part to it, but nothing like scary like what actual Ghostbusters is. You, you know what I'm trying to say? And that's what I was curious about, because it's very like Golden Age Hollywood feel. Um but but nothing nothing too scary, you know. <laughs> and, I mean, and, and that's just a, a slice of the score. I mean, we're talking one right. track out of you true, know. true. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there are some tracks that he he composed that definitely have maybe scarier elements to it. But at the mm-hmm. same time, you're looking at a PG rated movie in 1984. You know, that's a comedy primarily. How scary is the music really going to be? Gotcha. It's not yeah. Halloween. It's not Hellraiser. You know, this this is Ghostbusters with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. I just got one thing to say. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. <laughs> but um, but and actually, my my favorite song on there. I I feel what you're saying about the Ray Parker song. It was so commercialized. It was so overplayed. It, it literally like left a bad taste in your mouth. Like 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 um leftover Brussels sprouts that that weren't really cooked very well. So I I totally get it. My actual favorite song on that album. Um, just so happens to be, what was it cleaning up the town by the bus boys? That would be my second favorite. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. So we're good. But, um, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying. Um, it has so many different elements to that soundtrack, especially what Bernstein did and 
um, really brought it to life. What what the movie was about, like the movie wasn't just about being a comedy. It wasn't just about being a scary. It wasn't just about being these type of things. It was like incorporating all those things into one. And it really brought forth a great movie, a great memory. And yeah, I'm right there with you. Sweet. Cool. Taz, what you got for your first one? Okay. Uh, your first one was probably uh, uh, The Sound of Music. I'm not going to go there. No. <laughs> All right. I figured so you picked something obscure that nobody's ever heard of. And it was like, oh, no. wow. Okay. <laughs> no, You're I, not I, woman I, enough to be my man or take my man? No. That's, that's, no. that's... Saturday Night Fever, the album? Yeah. No. no. Cats, the soundtrack. Feel about that. All right. So. Since it specifically had to been the first album I bought, this is the first album I remember buying. <laughs> now, the thing is, I got to explain how I bought that album, <laughs> because that's how it stands out so much in my memory. <laughs> so I'm just a freshman, have been like a freshman, maybe a junior in high school. And there's a kid that's trying to make some money, right? And so he has some stuff to sell. So, and yeah, he's, he has him out there one day and then, and then I was like, okay, I'll come back with my money. Right. So it was very rare for me as a kid to have money. I didn't have allowance. I didn't get a paycheck. Yeah. I worked after school with my parents. So it was one of those things like, Hey, can I have 20 bucks? And I got 20 bucks. Right. And so I gave the guy the money. And I bought a Playboy man, <laughs> Playboy <laughs> magazine, and then Guns N' Roses yeah. Use Your Illusion Volume One and Two. <laughs> that's a nice combo. That's, a good. Ah, that's how you do it. <laughs> so I'm just trying to picture this. Hold on a second. You're listening to like Guns N' Roses and looking at Playboy, like just getting all nuts. Or what? And you bought the Playboy from him, or did you buy it from an actual store? No, I bought it from him. Like, he literally bought it to school in his backpack. You know, it's one of those things had to catch him right before the teacher came into the period wise. Be like, here's the money. All right, here's the Playboy magazine. Here's the cassette tips. Put them in your backpack. Don't open it. You know, it's like, okay, I'm cool. Wow. (laughs) You know, be like a freshman. I'm cool. Of course I'm cool. You know, (laughs) I I can do this. Has explicit ratings. All right. I don't know what that means. (laughs) There are all kinds of just. One and two? One and two, yeah. He had both cool. volumes. Wow. <laughs> so your first album was what it was a double a double album. Right, exactly. It was a double album. And so but the thing was I always liked volume one better than volume two. It, I I you know, is one of those things I did listen to both of them, but for sure I wore out volume one a lot more than, than volume two. And so it was a close is a close call for me because the I I almost picked t- there was two songs I was going back and forth with and so the hang on I'm sorry I'm on the wrong wrong page here let's go here. okay so I almost did perfect crime but the thing is that I did bad obsession as my favorite song here's a, as a kid and even now a little bit but more as a kid like any song that has a harmonica automatically is like ten times better. <laughs> So I'm always a sucker for harmonica, and so that's why bad obsession. Why is it, that? Why is that? I I don't know. It it it's like an instrument that just speaks to my soul. I don't know. It, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I'm a sucker for harmonica. <laughs> wow. Okay. So now the crazy thing is, bad obsession is more like a rock blues track, which does because that was the other thing as a kid. Like I I was more bluesy because, like I said, my parents were mostly like rock and roll and so like i you know i 
always love blues bluesy tracks and so that's where bad obsession was that that mixture of like you know rock and and blues and so it was a perfect mixture for me now here's the other thing i want to bring up on here i don't know why but at that time and period at that point in history i considered guns and roses to be heavy metal <laughs> but i know that if you, you think of what heavy metal is today it's completely different so i'm not sure if guns and roses is what is the beginning of rock like if there was like rock and roll and now there's rock and then there's heavy metal yeah, or- there was nothing and then guns and roses happened and then you know that's it and and then there was light <laughs> <laughs> Hair band. I mean, technically, they were a hair band. They were just they, above yeah. a hair band. They yeah. were just like a really well put together hair band that yes. happened to have like a badass guitarist. Slash is like awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know, Guns N' Roses, like, you know, they did like, they had like a little cameo in like a Dirty Harry movie. And there was like all kinds of like hype for what, like, like six years in the 90s. It was like, that was the, that was the band. Right. That's right. Yeah, I remember that, that when that album came out, use your use your illusion one and then two. Like that was just uh, that's all I saw was like people like looking like uh, like kind of like drugged out with like weird blonde hair, like mullets and you know like ripped up jeans, and it was just like that was it. That was the look. Everybody was doing that right after Vanilla Ice. So they got rid of the shaved head lines in their head, and then they started looking <laughs> like they're on crack for a while. But it was cool, so it was all good. But yeah, that was a that was a good album. I mean, I like the very first album. Yeah, that's uh, gotcha. Yeah, I was like, "Fuck you!" <laughs> oh wait, can I swear? Oops. I listened to the, the track that you picked, "The Bad Obsession." And it's, it's a good song, but I was shocked. Like I was going down the list. But <laughs> I, I know. I trust me. I know. November rain. Don't I, cry. They're living. Let die. Right. I know. With the Playboy magazine, the bad obsession obsession. (laughs) He's getting Playboys and he's listening to music, man. Like I said, the obscurest song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's great, but does it have a harmonica? (laughs) I think there might be some in there. Every one of their songs has a little bit of harmonica. My God. Okay, so th- w- maybe I misunderstood the assignment. I was picking, like, at the time when I bought the album, what was my favorite song or, like, what's my current favorite song off of that album? Because- That's totally fine. That's totally fine. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just playing. <laughs> How did you pick that over November Rain? That's that's what I'm trying to figure out. I, like Back in 1991, when I first heard that song, I'd be like, it's November Rain. it's it's the one that has the music video that's your favorite song now (laughs) wow well why did i pick ice ice beat why did did i buy that tape i don't know it molded your life man don't don't second guess yourself i know i know i hope that i hope it doesn't shake me typically we always go with a thing that's popular right like for the most part exactly you know that that's why you that's why Taj didn't pick November Rain because he likes to be different. <laughs> you know, the same year I had I got that tape, I bought I had to have Air Jordans. So it was like those are the coolest sneaker. So I was like living large, man. I had I had a vanilla ice plan and uh Air Jordans. And- I, I I have some questionable first albums that I bought. 
And oh, uh, I don't think that I'm comfortable telling you uh, <laughs> on air some of these albums that I purchased. Like Caligula, the uh, oh, no. <laughs> the music to Caligula. I'll, I'll give you one. Wilson Phillips was one of the first CDs I ever bought. Why? I don't know. <laughs> the girls were, were hot, dude. They were like hip at the time, man. There's, yeah, there's Wilson Phillips. Wow. So, but, but, and that's that's the one of the main reasons why I didn't pick November Rain list because I, I remembered for a fact that like I listened to volume one a lot more than volume two. Like I knew that that one was always in my Walkman. <laughs> I'm know? not trying to hear that from you, dude. I'm sorry. I mean, you can't. I'm just picturing Brandon dancing to Wilson Phillips. He's like doing the whole what's up, everybody? Like he's just hanging out with the. Everybody okay. needs to hold on just for one more day, okay? <laughs> you, you didn't, uh, yeah. All right. So, it, w- one last thing since That's I'm on the topic. Album of the year, dude. On, yeah. on the subject of uh, the, the album I picked. So, I, I had I had a big bulky uh, Walkman, but then my dad had a little like thin case one. But either way, like I always had a Walkman when I was at school, and I would always string because we wore coats, jackets, so. I'd have the Walkman in the pocket, and I would string the the headphone up on the sleeves, and then and just rest my head on my hand, listen to music while in the classroom. Did anyone else? Dude, do you're that? breaking all the rules. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I didn't even do anything close to that. That's you're way too cool man. for school. <laughs> okay. That Guns and Roses got into your head. <laughs> Damn Guns and Roses. <laughs> The music do things you don't normally do. Right. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, Taj. Welcome to the jungle. Good lord. Um, all right. So, Diedrich, what yeah. was your first album? My first album. Okay, so I was that that um, that tape DJ that would listen to the radio and, and make mixtapes um, off of the off of the songs that they played on the radio. And then would turn around and try to sell those to kids. I was that guy. I didn't actually buy my first album till I was like 16. Um, and the reason being is because I always had music around me. My parents always listened to music. I had to clean the house on Saturdays and Sundays listening to music. So especially when MTV came through, it just like completely blew my mind. And that's why I act crazy the way I do now. Um, but my first album that I actually bought was right around the time where hair bands start going away. And um, it was when grunge started coming in, when you started having the um, the Pearl Jams and and um, Teen Spirit and and all these different songs and 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 feelings coming out of Seattle. And but there was this one song that literally stuck with me, uh, because I actually broke up with a girl and I heard the song actually in the video that was passing that I was playing in the background, and I picked up Soundgarden, um, Super Unknown. And of course, the song on there was like the most popular track on that album, which was Black Hole Sun. That was my first my first album that I actually bought and listened to the album first time through. And I was like, why the hell did I pick this up? But (laughs) then I went back to it and I was like, "Okay, this is actually a good ass rock album. Um, They stuck to the roots. They kept everything simple. And that was really the only song that stood out on the album. And I could see why they made it a single um, because of the different sound wave and, and the different vibe that it brought to everything. So uh, needless to say, I picked up that album. And from there on, um, I was always eclectic. Like I listened to everything. I listened to anywhere from um, old school hip hop to 
to rock to hair rock to heavy metal to um anything that pretty much had a beat to it i was listening to it so um it would be funny that i'd be walking down the hallway in school with my my cd player at the time uh, with my earbuds on and somebody's coming up thinking that i'm listening to some rap song or nwa or some kind of shit like that and you hear Soundgarden coming out the earphones so it's like really <laughs> i was like yeah nice <laughs> what'd, what'd you expect <laughs> vanilla ice come on man <laughs> oh hey now <laughs> I should have lied about my first album. He's got like, like Song Garden, Black Hole Suns, like the baddest ass fucking song out there. And I'm like, uh, Vanilla Ice. I mean, I, I should have, I should have made my shit up, but, uh, no, man, you're good, bro. <laughs> I'm going to go cry in the corner and maybe start some, uh, man, super, super unknown was, uh, one of the albums that I bought. I bought one, bought that too. And I played that thing to death i think that cd was scratch oh, yeah. um yeah. i love that album and i think black hole sun definitely was a catalyst that made me go buy the album you know i i knew spoon man and i enjoyed spoon man but then black hole sun but what's amazing about that album too is that when you start playing it every track is a choice track yes like, you know every song is absolutely good. You know, some are better than others, but I mean, it's it's a good album, you know. And Black Hole Sun, I can still listen to to this day, and I don't get tired of it. Nah, not at all. And I think that was the reason why it stuck out in my mind more than anything else was just the fact of I actually took my money that I saved up for my lunch money. I actually went to Sam Goody and I bought it, and I was like, "Yes, good old Sam Goody, good old Sam Goody." Like this, when Highland Mall, this is how you do it. Yeah, yeah, buddy. You know, I, I think my favorite nice. track on it though was uh, "Fell on Black Days." Nice. I think that's my favorite track. I just did karaoke to the whole album. If I go to karaoke, I just pick that album, do every single song until everybody leaves. <laughs> <laughs> but that, you know what that that is that is the 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 perfect embodiment of a live album to me. Not so much that it, you don't know, have people in the background here and then all that, but if they played that album live, everybody would group. Everybody would move with it. Everybody would bob their head. Everybody would be like in the zone with that album. So I was like, okay, I, I, I see exactly why I loved it. After I went back and listened to it again, I was like, okay, yeah, that made perfect sense. So it, I, I also went back and listened to it. So the the one thing I remember, I should have written it down, but I mean, you love the outro. Remember? We know, we know. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, the one the one comment I wanted to make, and maybe I'm wrong or not, but I'm curious. Um, Black Hole Sun seems the most um, legible of the audio. Like you can hear his voice and the lyrics a lot more clearer on that song than you can on the other songs. It, it feels like, and I wonder if that leads to Robert's popularity. I'm just curious <laughs> what you guys think. Of I, I don't. I always thought the songs, all of them, I understood what he was saying. Okay. Yeah. Chris Cornell, I mean, he's he's got some vocals. I mean, I, I yeah, he's got range. I guess I disagree with Taj, but uh, okay, I'm just an old guy, you know. What, what do I know? Have a harmonica? That might explain why we exactly. <laughs> Maybe they should have put in a harmonica and an accordion. You would have been all in it, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah. harmonica. One of the two Taj needs. Taj goes to sleep with uh, the blue traveler every night. <laughs> Blue Traveler and a Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, 
<laughs> hey, Tom, where is that Playboy right about now? It's still worth some money right about now. <laughs> or are the page just too sticky? You can't open it no more. Which, which one is it? Todd's just retired. He finds it in a, some old box worth like a million bucks. <laughs> Crazy thing is, I still remember there was a January issue. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> I can't tell you what year, but I know it's a January. Shaped your little warm mind, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure did. Well, yeah. So, like, I, I mean, the super, super unknown is like, and just um, Chris Cornell, like, he's one of my heroes, you know. I mean, it's, just, it's a, it's a tragedy and shame that he, that he, you know, that he felt bad and had issues and it happens, you know. But, uh, yeah. we lost, the, lost one of my heroes and, yeah, it's just, that's one of the things I always, you know, I always think about is like, just, I guess, like, you could be anybody. Like, he was on, he was on top of his game, you know? And it wasn't just when that album came out. He, he had done other, other bands and, uh, you know, like, he just did a lot of solo stuff. He did a lot of, I think there's an album where he just does all covers. I mean, it's like, this guy's phenomenal. And that, you know, that was one of my influences too when I was growing up. Uh, I mean, after Vanilla Ice, you know, everything sounded, different and better i guess in some way but uh no I, i'm not gonna dog rob van winkle you know he did he did his thing too but uh yeah i was a huge fan and i mean like the i guess maybe someday help raise awareness you know for for mental illness and you know emotional problems that people have i mean especially after getting out of this pandemic you know like one thing that people really want is music and that's probably what kept me going a lot this past year lots of stuff going on so uh, you know, lost my dad and, uh, you know, we had the pandemic and, you know, snowed in Texas. So I had to <laughs> play, a, play a special album for that, too. Uh, no, it's a, it's just a crazy world and lots of lots of things going on. Sometimes you just want to all you want is your music, man. You just want to hide from shit, you know? Right. I swear a lot. I'm, I'm like the vulgar one on the podcast. I don't think anybody swore yet. Oh, no, I haven't gotten me, started yet, bro. You're good. Yeah. Okay. What, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> this motherfucker right here, boss. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Come on. Bring just play it, just play it, just play it, bro. We love you. Yeah. Oh, thanks. So, but before we flip the record, just uh-huh. for everyone playing along, Let's go over our playlist so everyone can add their these songs to their playlist at home. All right. Ice Ice Baby by Vanilla. We have Ghostbusters Main Theme by Elmer Bernstein. We have some microphone issues. <laughs> the guns are yeah, oh, it was Bad Obsession by Guns. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And then we have Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Yep. And I, I, I think sounds like a pretty good mix right there. All right. <laughs> sounds like a recipe for disaster. Be able to find our playlist on on Spotify and and other other sites that people use. Hopefully, we'll start creating a p- playlist for people to find. Yeah, for sure. That's on its way. That's on its way. <laughs> Keep your eyes peeled or ears peeled or right, so your fingers. Do we want to go ahead and flip the record and and get to side B? Okay. Sure. So I think. All uh, right. Yeah, let's uh, let's hit side B real quick. Um, so side B is uh, this is this is something I, I want you all to do your homework on. But uh, this is gonna this is gonna be a band that you know that's basically seen them live like three times. Kind of kind of never heard of them until uh, 2015. Um, well, so th- before 
before that, I, I guess we, we, I just wanted to kind of explain what side B is. So, oh, so yeah, side yeah. B, it, side B is where we're going to uh, one of us for is going to recommend a, an album to you, our audience, to listen to, and the rest of the other hosts on the podcast here to listen to, and then uh, we're going to return and talk about hey. We listened to the whole album. This was our favorite track off of that. So it's kind of it's a way to expand to get everyone else to try try some of the stuff that we like and to have you try and learn new stuff because um, you know that that's that's the beauty of music is you know you have your own favorite stuff, but then trying to share that and get other people interested in it is you know what brings us all together. So, um, but uh, Damon has the the first uh, homework assignment. <laughs> So go ahead. I'm sorry, Damon. Oh, I'm sorry, Todd. I'm like going off my own uh, podcast. It's like, oh, so uh, let's do something else now. Uh, sorry about that. So yeah, so the band that um, that I that I chose is called July Talk, and the first album is self-titled July Talk. So uh, really good band. They're from Canada, um, and I so I've seen them live uh, a few times at. Festival South by Southwest, ACL, a place called Cheer Up Charlie's, downtown Austin. Since we're in Austin, live music capital, right? Um, yes. I love live music. You know, I love, love to go to a lot of concerts. And so this is definitely uh, going to be hopefully a, a, a big year for that coming back in 2021 out right. of the pandemic, you know? Um, gotcha. Yeah. So, uh, I, I really like this band. I think that there's there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, y'all y'all need to check out uh, that that first album, July Talk, and okay. uh, it, I said they're and, from Canada, and I think I believe this this album uh, the band was it, formed in 2012, so that's when the album you know, came out. Okay, it, and for for our listeners, I I know it's available on Spotify. Um, and it should, it may be available on another one. So, um, but uh, I know you can find it for sure on Spotify, Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, whatever you want to listen to. It's, it's available out there. iHeartRadio, the whole nine. Gotcha. I mean, they're, okay. they're like, yeah, they're like an indie rock band, kind of bluesy. Uh, they get crazy on stage. I mean, I, I, I just, I just love the, uh, um, the energy. So. Gotcha. I'll go more in detail later, but that's okay. the gist of it. So the, the rest of us are going to listen to the album, and all of our listeners, you should too. And we're all going to pick our favorite track from this album that Damon had recommended. And we'll see maybe if your favorite track lines up with our favorite tracks. And right. Don't judge the Vanilla Ice pick, guys. <laughs> <laughs> too late. It's already on there. We're good. Oh, no, no getting rid of it. Let it go. Damn it. Just live with it, bro. Live with it. All right. I'll have to... I'll have to come to terms with it. Breathe it in, breathe it out. We're good. What's up? There you go. All, all right. right. From, from all of us to all of you, um, keep on listening to the music, keep on enjoying yourselves, and uh, hope you had a good time listening to us. Yeah. You can find us on our website of choicetracks.com, and we do have a Facebook page. Um, if we get anything else, I'll... I'll bring you up to date on the next episodes. But yeah, uh, please send some comments, send some emails, you know, uh, keep in touch and let us know what you think. I haven't seen that Facebook page. I'm going to check that out. I, I'm pretty sure I grabbed a Facebook page. If not, I will before this comes out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, bye. 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 Next time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that, Brandon? Hold on. I dig music, man.